We begin our coverage tonight with Caitlin Poland. She is out front in Washington. And Caitlin, what more do you know about Trump's argument and, and what we can expect from the judge there, right? He posts, if you go after me, I'm coming after you. Yeah, Aaron, there's a couple of different things at play here. And what we're talking about, what the fight is in court right now, it is over the material that Donald Trump has no access to at this time that the Justice Department has that they've collected in the investigation and will give to him for trial. The Justice Department, those records, they want to protect all of them. They want to make sure that Donald Trump is not going to be disseminating them on social media or sharing them in any other way, talking about them with others. And the Trump team, they just want it to be slightly narrower than that. They want to designate stuff in that pile as specifically sensitive. And so they want provisions over that. The judge, Judge Tanya Chutkin, she's going to have to come in and make some legal decisions here hmm. about exactly what governs all of this evidence heading toward trial. She could be moving quite quickly on this. She did this weekend when the Justice Department asked her to intervene. Uh, and once there is some sort of order in place on what to do here with disclosures, or non-disclosures of this evidence, then everybody can, can really move toward trial and start working very hard there. So that is what's going on legally, but there's this other conversation that's taking place as well, where the Justice Department did raise this Trump post uh, in social media about, I'm coming after you. Now Trump's team, in response to that, in their filing, they're saying, that wasn't about sensitive information. That had nothing to do with what we're talking about here. That is what we call generalized political speech. Pay no attention to that. And actually, we'll raise you with a tweet of our own that we want to show you, which was a tweet of Joe Biden holding a cup, a mug that he is selling, a cup of Joe never tastes better. And the Trump team is saying that that is a thinly veiled reference to his administration's prosecution of President Trump. Now, the reason we're talking about all of this is it's in court papers. And so now we watch to see if the judge here, Tanya Chutkin, if she addresses any of these social media posts at all, has anything to say about that. That could be really interesting. And at a time where this case is not alone in the dark, there is an ongoing investigation, clearly as evidenced right. by Bernie Carrick going in and talking to the special counsel's office today about Rudy Giuliani and others. There could be other things that emerge here in the future, potentially before Judge Tutkin as well. All right. Well, Caitlin, thank you very much. And of course, you know, the hundreds of people serving uh, who have been convicted in the January 6th uh, insurrection and the riot have, uh, you know, they've said it was Trump's words that launched them into action, I've said so repeatedly under oath. So if you go after me, I'm coming after you. Um, it's a threat. Out front now, Ty Cobb, former Trump White House lawyer, uh, is here. And, 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 and look, Ty, you know, at issue here, uh, you've been on the receiving end of some threatening posts from Trump, right? He, he makes comments and, and threats against people uh, in words. In June, he said you'll be held legally responsible for what he called false statements. He didn't specify what they were. He hasn't followed through. And in fact, uh, in terms of physically following through, right, that's not something that he's ever done. So now he's posting about his indictments. He's saying, if you go after me, I'm coming after you. So is this just a case of prosecutors really aren't going to be able to do anything about it? I think the prosecutors, with the assistance of the judge, will be able to tame this somewhat. Uh, I'm not sure that uh, Trump's lawyers will be able to get him to adhere to whatever limitations they impose. And as a result, he may be sanctioned uh, and could even be uh, held in contempt and put in jail. And 
have to run for president from uh, jail like Eugene Debs did uh, back in the 30s. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing to even, I mean, to even think that we're having such a conversation. There are moments uh, when I hear it come out of your mouth that I pause. I mean, so, so Ty, Trump's lawyer is giving a lot of information about his defense, right? He's, he's been speaking, and he told our own Dana Bash that Trump didn't direct Pence now to do anything when it came to not certifying the election. Here's what he said. What, what President Trump did not do is direct Vice President Pence to do anything. He asked him in an aspirational way. Asking is covered by the First Amendment. Aspirational. Um, he asked in an aspirational way. He went on to say, asking is not speech. It's not action. That's the heart of this, right? Speech versus action. Does that defense fly here? Not at all. Uh, I'm, I'm not aware of the aspirational defense um, <laughs> or the free speech uh, defense to, uh, <laughs> to a gang leader saying to two of his uh, subordinates, I need you two to please rob a bank for me, and they do it. Um, you know, that's... That's aspirational, uh, but it leads to a crime. Uh, and that's exactly what Trump did, uh, did with Pence. Um, the, the aspirational, I mean, it's a, <laughs> it is interesting. I mean, what do you make, Ty, of the fact, and I know John Laro is a very respected uh, lawyer, a lot, a lot of lawyers have worked with him over the years, but what do you make of the arguments that he's making, and I guess the way that he's making it right now? Right now he's making it through the media. So I've been in his position before where he represented a very difficult client under, you know, uh, great pressure who's, you know, concerned about the possibility of going to jail. Uh, I think one of the dangers, and, and John is respected and he has a good reputation and he certainly knows his way around the courtroom, former special, former federal prosecutor briefly. Um, but think about it. I mean, he's been in this case for less than three weeks. Um, there's no way he could have mastered the nuances of the record. Um, you know, he, I mean, they've got a lot of talking points to work from, but most of those talking points are false, just like the big lie is false. And so John's stuck getting out there, um, you know, trying to, trying to, to go toe to toe with Dan and other professionals, uh, who've lived this stuff for two years. Um, and that's difficult. That's hard. That's hard to do. And that, you know, he, he also admitted, um, uh, you know, a couple of things that I think will come back to haunt them um, uh, in terms of, you know, um, requests of Pence and an acknowledgement that they did want to they did want to delay the vote. Um, so I think I think it's dangerous to be out there. You know, yeah. Trump has needed somebody in charge. Uh, John seems to be taking charge. But he also needs somebody who can, you know, effectively communicate with with uh, the media with a finely honed message. And this message is a little awkward so far. Yeah, it's certainly an aspirational defense, um, you know, an aspirational request is certainly, even to a layperson, reads a little odd. Um, I, I do want to ask you about the Mar-a-Lago case as well, because the judge there, the Trump-appointed Eileen Cannon, issued an order today, Ty, asking federal prosecutors to explain the use of a Washington grand jury. Uh, and this is, they're at, she's asking for this, even though a grand jury in South Florida, of course, saw evidence and indicted based on the evidence that they saw. Uh, so as far as we understand, the defense in this case is not asking for this explanation, but the judge is. Do you understand why? Is this a normal thing? Uh, no, it's not. This is a highly unusual um, uh, 
request um, for most judges, although it's typical of the conduct that the 11th Circuit came down hard on her previously for, for insinuating defenses and ideas that even Trump hadn't raised, you know, in his defense when she uh, bungled the search warrant and the special master issue, and right. they finally forced her to dismiss the case. I think, um, I, I think this is a jump the shark moment. I mean, uh, the reality is no, no, the defense attorneys are capable. Nobody asked her to raise this issue. I suggest the possibility of misconduct by the Justice Department where there's absolutely no basis for it. The law is you cannot use an existing grand jury to uh, investigate existing charges, previously brought charges. But there's no reason that a uh, grand jury in D.C. can't share information with a jury in Florida. In fact, it's specifically authorized under Rule 6E3C of the Federal Rules of Criminal Procedure. And it was the Florida grand jury, after receiving and reviewing that information, that issued the indictment. So there's no head of impropriety and no sophisticated prosecutor um, uh, would commit the, uh, uh, the one area of misconduct that uh, is prohibited in the grand jury in terms of um, uh, continuing to investigate an existing charge. That's not really what's at issue here. Her concern is, can a grand jury in D.C. actually investigate uh, additional corruption that may have occurred in her district? And, and the law is clear uh, that they can't. I don't think the Justice Department is going to whine about this. They'll brief it for her and hope she understands. Uh, but uh, it's, it's a very highly unusual thing. Yeah. And it's the first time since the case was assigned to her that she has uh, done anything that's remotely like the way she handled the initial issues that got her in trouble.